Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Treehouse, episode 27, Room Service, with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Very good morning to everybody. Here we go again with another three hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. Actually, there is a little uh, little rouge tinge to some of these. Uh, we never try and carbon date these. There's no point. We don't know when you're listening to them. Yeah, don't look at us like that. You know, we don't take that much interest. But uh, 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 we, we, of course, are at the beginning of uh, a phase in the world, which is at the moment in, in crisis. So mm-hmm. there's no problem. But we never mention that word normally because we, we look up, not down. We are topically... Uh, well, what are we, uh, we are historically... Time, we are timeless, <laughs> not topical. But it has to be said, uh, we're sitting here in this airless pod... Uh, and, and Peps and I have been eyeing each other with wild surmise. Mm-hmm. It's like the final scene of John Carpenter's The Thing in here. Is it you? How about you? How are you? I'm fine. Don't look at me like, how are you? It is. I notice this is very, very chilled in here, and I think it's to detect any bead of sweat that breaks out upon a brow. I thought it was your mood. I it was your mood. But it is the end of The Thing, of course, John Carpenter's The Thing, when he uh, goes, it looks like it's just you and me left, then. One of us could uh, be infected. And he goes... It looks like we're going to find out. And the camera just lifts away in that Antarctica winter in 1982. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing. But that's not our thing at all. Nope. This is more our speed and a very, very good morning, as I say. So, um, last time we mentioned Wills. Mm. You, you've got a thing on Wills, haven't you? But, yes, uh, I, I, and we've got a caller too. I'm the, I'm the eye that never sleeps. I leave here and immediately try to find out stuff. So uh, about these uh, three Wills, these are three great Wills, 1871. Uh, S. Sanborn, Hatter, that's all we know about him. He left his body to science. Oh, this, this is, this is a, 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 sorry, I'm starting off on rather a macabre turn here today. <laughs> but uh, listen to this. Uh, his last will, he left his body to science, bequeathing it to Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr., then Professor of Anatomy at Harvard. I said, we've given people a lift, haven't we, already? Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to go in because... Oh, this is historical, it's fine. Having spent 28 weeks uh, lambasting the Fred and Rose West tapes, I'd hate to think, maybe we maybe that's it. We've got the spores within us. It's come through the studio walls and we are now incapable of light entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we're all talking about pestilence and stuff. That's how, that happens with podcasts. We started off and now we're curdled. I anyway. do like that when he left his body to science, he said who was going to get it. Yeah, well, you 
I'm not leaving it to science, I'm leaving it to scientist. You wait to see how specific this fella gets. S. Sanborn, Hatter, 1871. Uh, he stipulated uh, that two drums had to be made from his skin. Oh. I told you, I know, I know. But not only that, but every June the 17th at dawn, he told his friend Warren Simpson to drum out the tune of Yankee Doodle on him. <laughs> <laughs> on <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! After, after, and anyway, the point is he did. Uh, the point is he he said to his friend. I mean, Hunter Thompson famously was shot into space. His ashes were shot into space. But the idea you're going to say, well, I tell you what. I mean, it is grim. Yes, make a drum out of me, and play Yankee Doodle. Walking up and down. What would be your tune? (laughs) (laughs) I think the Max Wall one. It'd have to be the... And I would command everyone who knows me to do the Max Wall thing on my birth. Now, that is immortality to me. That's immortality. Uh, The fact that his friend... And, of course, his friend, when he said, what? He said, when I'm gone, I want a drum made of us, and you have got to play Yankee Doodle every day on... What date did he specify? On June the 17th. And his mate went, yeah! (laughs) His mate couldn't wait. Uh, but anyway, that, that's one will, and I'll pepper them through the show. No no uh, pun intended there, Lou. Uh, the other thing which we've got to celebrate before we start the show any second now, of course, is it's uh, the day that Halley's Comet was... Uh, well, they thought it was the first record of it, but then it went back to some monks' journals oh, right. and found out, in fact, it was the 12th time it had been recorded. But they, quite rightly, because it comes around once every 75 years... Yeah. They didn't know it was Halley's Comet again. Who does? I don't know how they fell into... When no- did we last have it? 86. I was going to say, I vaguely... I don't... I remember it happening. I don't remember much of it. I remember saying to... Um, in uh, Bonnie was three. We're going to stay up tonight and I'm going to show you Halley's Comet. And uh, we didn't. <laughs> I mean, because my dad woke me up for the moon landing. Mm. He woke me up and took me downstairs and, made, you know, said... So I thought, that would be Bonnie's. She was nearly four. And I'm going to wake you up tonight and it may never happen again. I've never said, we're going to watch this. And we didn't. And I next just... morning I said, oh, I forgot to wake you up with Haley's Comet last night, wasn't it? And and it's not going to happen again till 2061. And I'll be honest with you, Peps, I'm not going to be here in 2061. <laughs> you might. You may. No, I'm not. How am I going to be a pie. I will be a hundred and a hundred and three, something like that. A hundred and four. No, no, how are you going? We'll still be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anyway, I'll be about eighty. Let me just read a couple of things and start the show. Let's do this. Here we go. Right, Hayley's comment Mm -hmm. in the year six oh seven. They said, hang on, that came around 75 years ago. And well done then. They were the first people to identify that happens every 75 years. Um, uh, it's going around Neptune at the moment. Oh, You don't think it's out there just legging around, going around like an Uber. But there it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's around in... Uh, um, and it says, it's due here again in 2061, although, of course, you can expect delays. Uh, it's, got, it's got a lot of water on it. But oh. I read this morning, it's a different kind of water. <gasps> what does that mean? I read that. Well, don't leave me hanging. What do you mean, a different type of water? A different. Then it's water not... is H two O. So yes, if it is. it's not H two O, then what? It's not water, then, is it? This is when you. This is when you need. What's his name, Professor Brian Cox? Yeah. Uh, you can't get a straight answer out of Brian Cox, so you can't. You can't. Well, you see, what it is, the what, it, the what we know about the substance on it, it is water, but in fact, it forms the shape of farmyard animals. If you tread it, that kind of thing. But he, he doesn't. He he's tremendous, tremendous intellect, but he his sense of wonder, I find. <laughs> 
sometimes he just sees his nuts and bolts. Anyway, um, Mark Twain wrote, mm -hmm. I came in with Haley's Comet in 1835, and next year I expect to go out with it. Oh. And he did. Oh, that's he charming. Did, isn't it? That's a beautiful thing. Uh, by the way, and that, that, that um, meteor shower we have every uh, October, you know that one? Uh, or and I did. I saw oh, it in okay. Portugal once. Uh, uh, I didn't, nice. didn't bother it. I'd let it you know, have feces eaten in the restaurant. And I... Uh, uh, I uh, but that's Haley's Comet. That's fragments of Haley's Comet. Oh, it's I was going to say, do we know... How, I mean, people know how big... How it's shaped like a mushroom. It's not like a comet. Oh. I saw bits of it this morning. It, it, it looked like... Um, a, not a Cheerio. What's those other ones? Lucky Charms. Oh, okay. A giant Lucky Charm. It's a really odd shape, flying around there, leaving remnants over the place like a carpet warehouse. Uh, and, and I say Haley's Comet because uh, it, it is Haley's Comet. Like Bill Haley and the Comets. That's how we know it is. It is. That's why he called the band the Comets. Well, yes, no. They were called yeah. the Saddlemen, and then somebody said you've got the same name, and that's how we know it's Haley's oh. Comet because of Bill Haley, who had one eye. Like Rex Harrison or Ry Cooder. Just the one eye. Yes, it is. Uh, originally was the silver yodel of Bill Haley. He billed himself. Silver yodel. Three wives, ten kids. Died at the age of 55. He always looked 55, oh, Bill age. Haley. Never saw Haley's Comet, though. Uh, anyway, let's, 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 let's where we go. What have you, you got over there, Pat? Uh, well, we'll do what the we... subjects. Yeah. Number one, when children pack their own case. More mm -hmm. on that shortly. Uh-huh. Uh, number two, what did you later find out about your neighbours? Uh-huh. Number three, odd reasons to dislike a song. And number four, wrongly assuming you've been robbed. So any of those subjects all remain open. If you're listening now, get in get in on those. Uh, and I want somebody's neighbours one. Surely people oh, live, yeah, I've got, I've got... live next door to someone say, do you know, he's the king of Belgium's brother. That sort of thing. That's what I want. And once they've moved out, you find something. Michael Caine's 87 today. 87? Gosh. How can Michael Caine be 87? Have you ever met? I'm thinking this through. Uh, no, because when TFI did him, you went to him, didn't you? Yeah, I've, I've been quite a few times, to be fair. No, I don't think I have. Can I tell you something? And we're mm. going to start... And I know, I know, we should save these for when we've got to... We can't come into work and just stockpile these. Uh, but, um... I, <laughs> Remind me later on, say, tell us about Michael Caine. When the show okay. starts to flag... Right. So now then... No, uh, when the show starts to flag, say, tell us... Cause I've got various Michael Caine stories. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're all um, apposite and entertaining. Okay. So if we could give us something from over there, Peps. Well, this is from... Oh, let's do this nice long one. So Michael Caine came up to me and... <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. I'm going to give you a long one. I was I was debating to go long or short. Why not? I'm We're going to go sure. long. We're going to go with Vince. On the subject of being chased by animals. This is good. I was holidaying in the south of France and was nearly savaged by wild boar. Not one, but a herd. Ooh. Staying in a lovely villa on a hillside, my travelling companions laughed at me one evening when I said I could hear grunting noise from outside, oh. just below the kitchen window. They all laughed it off until a few days later we dined in the local town and inquired about pigs or wild boar. Oh, loads of wild boar in the area, said the waitress. Are they dangerous, I asked, as we were walking home to the villa. Oh, she came home with them to the villa, it seems. Our waitress replied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, as we would be walking home. Right, OK. Well, they killed someone last year, wow. she said. Oh. Well, they ran into the road and their car swerved and hit a tree. I like the light laugh in your voice as you describe it with your eyes there. Go on. Well, she was a bit extreme there. We walked back to the villa and no sight of them and didn't see any for a few days. A few days later, I took a walk to a nearby villa about a quarter of a mile across the hill to ask if we could use their swimming pool. Walking back to the villa... The what? 
That's inside, isn't it? That's, apparently, that they were sort of part of the same That's, owners. I'm sure the story's going to leave us all with a good feeling. But I've been in some pretty good places, and I always look over, and I've been in villas, and you look and think, see, next door, brilliant. It can't be for hire, because it's too good. I wouldn't think, wouldn't think for a second. Just roll over. Use your pool. We've got one, but, but that's, that's, that is that is side. Go and knock on the door. What would you say to somebody? Hello. Uh, seen your, if you if your villa, can we use your pool? No, you can't. You know, coronavirus or not, you're not getting in our pool, old. It's, you know, it's making some kind of miasma, some kind of soup. Anyway, well, okay. off went Vince. Yeah. Walking back, the evening was drawing in, and as I just kept caught sight of our villa, I heard a... Uh-oh. Not one, but a whole herd. Right. I quickened my step and couldn't see where they were coming from, but they were getting closer. I moved to a slight jog. The grunting was getting nearer and from all sides like a pincer movement. Now I was running oh, and a herd was behind, to the side and ahead of me. I was being hunted down by wild boar. They were running alongside me and towards me, then darting off. I was calling at the top of my voice for my friends in the villa to save me to no avail. <laughs> <laughs> I like that bit. Oh, help, yeah, oh, yeah. Help. Yeah, why don't you jump in the pool? Oh, sorry, no, we don't let you use it. <laughs> After what seemed like an eternity, I reached the veranda to see my friends all sitting around relaxing with glasses of wine. Help! Wild boar are chasing me, they're after me! <laughs> As they went to look, the boar ran off into the undergrowth and were never seen again. Uh, My friends still don't believe I was nearly savage. Yeah, no, no, they will do that, the wild boar, particularly if uh, they can hunt in packs like that. Did I ever tell you when... Um, Maybe they were set on them by the owners of the one with the pool. I, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> release the boars. <laughs> Hang on, that sounds like Five Lives. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I know, it's from love. I know, Five Lives, new strap face. Five Lives, release the boars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's her own fault. Anyway, um, uh, we were in Norfolk once. Uh, about, uh, I think it was my 50th. How about that? We went and stayed in a very remote um, windmill in Norfolk. Oh. Yeah, we did. It, and it is remote as well. You, the old sat-nav just shows it as How chitty bang bang off It really was. It's a great place. I'll give you the address afterwards. I'd mention it, but, you know, one doesn't want the wrong sort. Anyway, we were standing, but it's in a really cut-off part of... Norfolk, on the river. Oh, oh, obviously, it's beautiful, beautiful. River Yare, I think. Anyway, uh, we, so I t- took the Lamb Rover, which you've you got to have to get to where this is, driving over many cattle grids. And the next morning we got up and we said, Look, well, let's drive into the near village and get some stores. And I got about um, 30 seconds away from the uh, uh, windmill. We were all in the car. And all these cows started to walk towards us. <laughs> lots, I mean, lots of them. And one stood right in front, so I came to a halt, and it's the worst thing I could have done, because now all the cows got round the car, and they wouldn't move. And I'm talking about 40 cows <laughs> in a Land Rover. And one of them mounted the uh, uh, bonnet of the oh! car. Mounted it. I mean, got up with a... With a, with a and I was trying to, because the kids were quite young, going, oh, um, what should I do? So I sounded the hooter a few times, nothing. And then I put on um, some show tunes. I opened, I promise, I opened the sunroof and put on some Broadway show tunes. The, the, Hello, Dolly, we'll sort this I, out. Pro- I promise the cows seem to find it OK. I didn't know what I was going to do. And they, they started rocking the car. And Wen's looking at me and in the back, Mancy was quite... She goes, Dad, Dad, I'm saying, no, I, know, um, I thought, what are we going to do? They're going to crush the car. They're going to crush the car. We're going to have a bovine end. 
And what I had to do the dad thing. I thought, I'm going to force this door open. I don't care if this... And I pushed the door open, and all the cows walked away. <laughs> and they all kind of formed they into... They were all front. They, no, they were. They all sort of shaped up over here. And so I got back in the car, and we gently went around them, and then we saw what had happened. Another Land Rover, almost identical to ours, was coming across uh, the, the field from the other way, and it was the farmer with their feed. Oh. And they'd seen the Land Rover and all gathered like, round mm, it. Breakfast. And when I opened the door, they all shaped up. Yes, and they tucked in napkins. Oh. Uh, uh, and that's what it was. Uh, anyway, again, we've asked you to send emails, and all I do is pull stories out of the bag. Um, I'll do a very quick one here. This is... Um, well, it is an animal-related story. We don't only do that, but uh, uh, it's from Brendan. In one of the long, hot summers of the 70s, I was in the Odeon Cinema Pearly. This is uh, the strangest thing you've ever seen in a cinema or theatre. I don't recollect the name of the film I was watching. Anyway, the cinema had been recently converted into a multiplex, and I was downstairs in the old part, and just in front of the screen, there was a small platform, probably just big enough for a person to walk across. In each corner of the cinema, there were two emergency exits, and these were open to do with the heat. It was very hot, and they were allowing some kind of airflow. About a third of the way through the film, a fox entered stage right, <laughs> trotted across in front of the screen, and he, or possibly she, then paused exactly mid-screen and marked the territory. The audience laughed, and uh, there followed a scene worthy of Max Sennett. The fox made, made its exit stage left, pursued by ushers and cleaners, and the film was stopped and clean-up duties were performed. We were all cheered up, but even once the film started again, the pervasive heat made the smell of fox odour unmistakable. How about that? Ooh, never mind and, your... And fox... Oh, never fox mind your 3D. That, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of fun. That's an extra if you go to see a film. Is somebody on the phone? Anyone on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> I always look round and then shut up. We've got somebody on the phone. I look through and there's two people with their arms folded, shaking their heads. Uh, something from over there, Peps. What you well, got? Well, this is this is brilliant. So Stephen in Broxbourne said so someone, this is old Rotten Hat, an emailer mentioned that anyone a bit dodgy was known to her as Charlie Harry, reminding me of my dear old nan, who is 101 and still that? going okay. strong. When she sees a police car pass by, hmm. she says, there goes Charlie Harry, but she can't remember why. Oh. Here we go. Now, this is peculiar, because what he's about to say, I was going to tell a story about. Go on. Incidentally, if you want to start of a 10 on unusual jobs your nan had, can I get the ball rolling with my nan, who for a time in the 60s was a condom tester at the London Rubber Company? Oh, oh, well, go on. I had as a topic unusual jobs your grandparents did or jobs your grandparents didn't know what they were doing. Uh-huh. My nan and granddad, my dad's parents, when they retired, mm-hmm. needed a bit of cash. Mm-hmm. My mum's just sent me the details. So they worked for the London Rubber Company packaging up condoms, but didn't know what they were. Come on. They didn't. But they told them that they employed OAPs because they wouldn't nick them. That that part of it I can get. But the the idea... Grandad had grown up in the poor East End and was married when the war started and did not know what it says. I I think... He was a very gentle man, my granddad. No, I think... My my nan was very proper. I don't don't for a second... I don't for a second doubt, you know, they're... uh, degrees in, in, in gentility, <laughs> but that's the sort of thing nans and granddads do. You know what you do? Oh, I don't even know what they are. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a job at the. And line. then when you leave there the we room, are, alongside and, Stephen's nan. And then when you leave the room, 
she nudges him and goes, yeah, don't, you don't know what they are. Bleeding hell can keep a straight face there. Well, what was she supposed to say? How about that? IAPs, because they wouldn't nick them. Oh, that, that, is, that, that is the perfect part of that. So Michael Caine's 87. Mm. I don't you even know what they are. He, does, he doesn't even know what they are. You feel we've pulled uh, the emergency Michael Caine court. No, no, because I, I looked at it I've written that. It shares a birthday with uh, Queen Cornaro of Cyprus. Oh. Now, Queen Cornaro of Cyprus, I'll just throw this in. Uh, in 489, she was the last queen of Cyprus. Uh, and do you know what she did? She sold Cyprus to Venice. <laughs> She she went over to Venice and said, "A queen of Cyprus. Oh, we quite we quite admire that." And Venice, of course, was an independent, We're very rich independent, at that point. independent nation then. And over dinner, she sold Cyprus. Have a look at that, Queen Cornaro, last queen of Cyprus. I wonder her name died out. And uh, a bit of mud. How much money must you have got for selling Cyprus? Now I don't know how it fell under Greek or some say Turkish uh, care after that. But, and well, we got a hand in there as well with Cyprus. Well, I, I just, I just, yes, we did, of course. Uh, uh, and that's where Auburn Moore was uh, eventually mortally wounded. So, uh, but Queen Conaro, I like looking at birthdays, and I looked it up, and it said the last Queen of Cyprus who sold Cyprus to, and I thought, what? What? That, 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 so there's, that's succulent. Is there someone there now? Stephen's on the line. It's, it's, hey, Stephen, it's getting like a seance. Can we get... <laughs> we've had, we've had to... Good morning, Candyman. Good morning oh, to you, my friend. And, and bless you, loud and clear. That's how we like it. Uh, Stephen, uh, Michael Caine's 87 today. 87, Michael Caine. Yeah, that's something, ain't it? Yeah, this is oh. 87. Alfie, 87. Eight, Al- Alfie's got no, uh, that and, um... Uh, I think Diary of a Mad Housewife. The only two films that literally start cold. Uh, he's in the car with Millicent Martin, if you remember, oh, Alfie. Yes. And he gets out and he goes, Now, I suppose you think you're going to see the bleating titles now. Well, you're not, so relax. <laughs> That's the opening of Alfie. How brilliant is that? Uh, Steve, why are you tugging our coat? What's the story? Well, good morning, Candyman, and good morning, morning Lou. Um, I heard you talking about fishing cars on yeah. another podcast of yours oh. with uh, Mr. G. Lincoln. Oh, yes, the football one, yes, ah, which is yes. probably yeah. suspended and now. The, the yeah. wonderful tale about Gazzo, I think when he was at Rangers, was it? Yes, he Putting did. Mm. Fishing McCoy's car? Yes, he and did. And it reminded me of something that happened to me when I was a, a management trainee in a mm-hmm. large supermarket chain. Oh, yeah. Um, in the very early 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we just say good food costs less? Um, hang on, is that Hang on, it's a, it's a test for no, us. Exactly. I couldn't possibly say. You oh, may is. think, but I can't possibly say. Yes, of course it is. OK, it's Angus. OK, no, because there's a couple gone out of business. David Greggs. Ah. David Greggs used to be a big supermarket chain, David Greggs. Fine fair. Oh, fine fair, look at fine fair. Summerfield. Oh, all of these. So, uh, anyway, so uh, good food so, costs less, yes? Good food costs less. So I was uh, a trainee manager, and I've been a trainee manager for about 14 months of mm-hmm. about an 18-month period. Mm-hmm. And I was working in a store in Warwickshire mm-hmm. for a guy who we'll call the superstar manager because that's what he told us he was. <laughs> and he was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing like conceit, is there? Um so he, he took great pride in telling us what his uh, future looked like um, and how he was going to make the senior ranks. And to be fair, he was quite young and he was running quite a big uh, high prestige store. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, one Saturday afternoon, he'd recently bought a new car mm-hmm. and it was probably less than a week old. Most of us hadn't seen it and he brought it in and he put it on the loading bay and he instructed me to get one of my guys to get it clean. Um, I think it is... Oh, well, 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 your job? 
Okay, well, this, this, we should have called this episode uh, That's Some Side, because we just heard, you wouldn't notice, Tim, somebody who uh, uh, was on holiday and saw a, a villa with a nice pool, and they decided, should we go and see if we can use their pool? That's some side. But this fella, he's a manager of a supermarket, clean my car. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think, I think now, being a little older and more mature, I think the whole purpose was to showcase his car to everybody in the store, all the staff, because it was in a very prominent position did, 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 and did, was did, being cleaned. Did, did the phrase, clean it, you bleed yourself, <laughs> not... Uh... <laughs> Uh, or as my old man would have done it, would you clean my car? I'll clean you in a minute. That, that's the way. That's, how, that's the correct response to that. Anyway, you, on, you did Danny, this, did we you? Go, we go back to the 1970s. This, this guy was in charge of my pay and rations. Yeah, I'll pay and ration um, you in so, a minute. So, yes, so my forelock right. was um, well tugged. All right. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with some, with some disdain, as you might imagine. Anyway, long story short... Um, uh, so we started to clean this car, mm-hmm. which was you know, virtually brand new, but didn't really need cleaning, but was brought into the loading bay for the purposes of exhibition, we think, mm-hmm. to make him look even, to build up his reputation even further. Mm-hmm. One of my more senior colleagues came into the, the, air, the loading bay area, and, and he was actually quite irritated by this, um, and uh, thought this was serious managerial abuse of privilege. Mm-hmm. Sounds it. So he disappeared, and he came back a couple of minutes later with a packet of frozen kippers. Right, could you just stop there one second, one second. Frozen kippers, carry on. (laughs) Which he then inserted a couple of very small holes into with a Stanley knife Mm -hmm. and disappeared into this car and reappeared without them. What followed was the most excruciating six weeks or so of having a secret, having a secret, and not being able to share it with the victim. And and and, and the, the 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 stench was no, noticeable. I take it was it? Well, well, um, yes, it was rather bad. It was a sort of incontinent rough sleeper. Oh, please! It was very unpleasant. I'm sorry. Let's bring it above the waist. Yeah. But it was very very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And so this car was probably two or three weeks old. Yeah. And was now smelling very, very unpleasant and was driven virtually everywhere with the windows open. Mm-hmm. And he then decided to take it back to the dealer where they gave it a full service. Mm-hmm. And they said that the smell was probably something to do with the glue that had been used to secure <laughs> the upholstery. Well, no, it wasn't much it's of a like, service. Well, we didn't find a, <laughs> a, a bag of kippers. Glue. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll come to that. None of us knew where they'd been concealed, as you will hear later. Yeah. Um, so they, they looked over the car, they cleaned the car, and they returned it with some long-lasting air freshener. Mm-hmm. But after a few days, it, it started to smell considerably worse. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he went then Too back late. to the dealer. Yeah. Uh, so the, the owner, the superstar manager, went back to the dealer, not having, you can imagine the finger wagging and all that, not having this. So they took the car off him, gave him a, a replacement for a while, and they took all of the interior of the car out. Yeah. And then they replaced it all with brand new interior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for the dashboard and headlining. Ah. Uh, uh, this is like the French Connection. <laughs> no, in the French, so, in the French Connection, they, they know that car 
has got heroin in it and they cannot find it and they take it all to pieces and Gene Hackman sits there and he goes, it's in there somewhere. They say, come on, man. It, Popeye, there's nothing in this car. We've taken everything off it but the rocker panels. And he goes, <laughs> bang, and they take the rock. So was there heroin in the kippers in the car? <laughs> that after they had uh, completely replaced the interior, mm -hmm. it continued to smell. Cut to the end. What do we got? How, how did he find right. out and what happened? Eventually, we had to put... The, the, now, remember, this has gone on for about five or six weeks. There's about ten of us in the know. Mm -hmm. And this guy is mentioning it at every occasion. Come on, what happened? What Eventually, happened? Yeah. We, he brought it back to be cleaned again. Mm -hmm. We had to find Mark... And Mark dived into the car. Yes. Because he was the only person who knew where they were. Mm -hmm. And he fished out fished the kippers, which had been placed on top of the heater matrix. Oh. Now, I don't know where a heater matrix is, but it's... Well, it's, it's, the the heater, it's the heater box in the car. And what about... Is, but um, above the dashboard. These wretches at the showroom, they didn't, they didn't think about that? Because I'm thinking now, if I ever start to import heroin into Marseille, <laughs> if nobody ever yeah. looks there, you're, you're tipping the wind to it. Now, uh, and did he ever find out the fella i don't believe that he ever did and about three or four months later i was promoted <laughs> and followed him to another store well, that showed where he you. continued his superstar manager role wow. but with me in a supporting role but it'd it be in his clothes it'd be embedded in him it would be like uh, i mean tr trying to get the smell of when i was born i'll tell you this steve and bless him at the story uh, when i was born those are the first words i heard in the world and i mean this uh, but i was born at home in, in a a council flat in Deptford, 51 Congress House, uh, and I was born at home on a Saturday morning and my mum was convinced I was going to be a girl called, and we had the name Susan ready, and when uh, Nurse Walker-Dean, Steve, Nurse, Wal Nurse Walker-Dean delivered of me, 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning, June the 22nd, 1957, and uh, I was a fairly easy birth, apparently, but she said to my mum, Mrs Baker, it's a boy, and my mum said, I don't care if it's a box of kippers, just give me something to take them, and that's the first <laughs> if anyone knows the first words they heard in the world. Bless you, Steve. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. Uh, that's the that is the first word I heard in the world. Uh, oh. What you got there, my friend? Um, this is uh, wrongly assuming you've been robbed. Mm -hmm. I think we've all been here, Jonathan. My wife, my wife worked at Manchester Airport in the mid-90s and worked very early shifts. One morning, she woke me with a scream at 4am. The car's been stolen right off the drive. Call the police. I blearily rose and dialed 999, explaining carefully make, model, where it was parked, when we last saw it. And just as I hopped back into bed, my wife shouted up from outside. Oh, we say, OK, I found it. I parked it on the road behind the hedge. Bye! <laughs> leaving me with no option but to redial 999 and explain the car had been found yeah. while the operator said, so they stole it and drove it 10 yards and then abandoned it, did they? <laughs> that, <you laughs> Never say, again. Every, everybody, I mean, honestly, everyone's done that. I've stood in car parks uh, many times and said, it's just not here, it's just not here. Oh, there it is, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> everybody can do that. This is uh, uh, rumours about teachers, which Ooh. we've got to be careful of. Uh, not sure this is from our friend Adam. Not sure if this fits into any existing categories. Uh, but a recent uh, email about eccentric teachers reminded me of rumours that circulated our school. That's good, rumours at school. Yeah. A disciplinarian head teacher was apparently a member of the Territorial Army and the rumour went around that he once lost a tank. <laughs> There's no more to it than that. But he just, he just he said he lost a tank. However, there was an equally strict head of upper years who always wore polo neck jumpers. This was supposedly because he had an upside-down crucifix tattooed on his Adam's apple as part of his satanic beliefs. 
Neither of these rumours may have had any substance, but everyone knew them. And that's, that's, that, that came after a, uh, a teacher who walked with a limp that everyone believed is because he took a bullet to the rear end. Uh, we've got to do an advert. Uh, OK, now do me a favour, Peps, while we go to the advert. Mm. Here's my Michael Caine story. Put it behind that piece of glass with a little hammer uh-huh. and say, break glass in case <laughs> of emergency. We'll be right back. Also from something else. Mel Gedroich is quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories, all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. In a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him by... Uh, uh, This is brilliant. Yeah, by finding out when he discovers that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. Okay. (laughs) Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. What you got over there, Peps? Uh, we've got when children pack their own case, mm-hmm. um, oh. which is what a favourite <laughs> from Michael. Back in the early early to mid seventies, my dad worked for Shell, and we lived in Doha, Qatar. Oh. We used to fly back to the UK and Holland a few times a year, and I had a little brown case covered in stickers collected from places oh, we'd visited. Beautiful. No one does that anymore, do they? That yeah. I used to carry on plane journeys with things to do and play with on in airports and on planes. Usually, the usual colouring books, books to read, etc. However, one time as we were leaving Qatar, I decided to take my cowboy holster with two pistols, ah. which were cap guns. Ah. I packed them in my case, and this was only discovered at security at the airport. Oh, uh, you see, the cap gun thing, uh, Gary Lineker. I was going to say you were discussing, discussing this only the, the, in the week. The, the addictive smell of caps. Mm. Hang on, let me write that down. That's a good name for an autobiography. That, okay. Is anyone else in that? Of course, the security people spotted them on the X-ray screen and asked us to open up the case. My parents were a little surprised to see two guns in there and explained that they were toys and as I had some cap rolls in the case they showed them how they worked. (laughs) After a bit of discussion I was not allowed to take them with me in my case. However, they were given to the pilot to look after during the flight to be returned to me wherever we landed. Oh. I like the thought of the pilot. Well, I'm going to put this on. In more innocent innocent times in the 70s when uh, hijacks used to go to Cuba and there was never any suggestion of anything uh, stronger than that and planes regularly used to uh, get hijacked to Cuba, take this plane to Cuba. Mad Magazine often had that. Uh, if somebody had tried that with him, the pilot could have turned around and then, of course, in a sketch, a little flag would have come out with, with bang on. <laughs> I would love one of those guns. I've got one somewhere. Not with a bang flag. Yes! No! Yes, I do. What do you mean you've got one somewhere? Bring it in. You've got to nick it from the prop cupboard. <laughs> Did you? Yes. I've, I've never seen one in real in, in the wild. I've things off my desk. I've never seen oh, one I'll in the wild. In. Oh, where is it? Only in cartoons. Mm. There's a factory somewhere making guns that when you pull the trigger, the it's flag fabric, it drops weighted. down. It's yes, weighted. of course, it has to be. And you have to roll it up, <laughs> fold it back in. There's a, just a little clip. It's very simple mechanism. It's lovely. Well, I, oh, I'll bring I, it I, in. I feel like I've wasted half my Notes life now. on hand. Oh, you, you, I've best written on my hand, gun! <laughs> Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And there'll be a photograph of that uh, to accompany the show. Uh, uh, This is... um, 
This is, uh, oh, I've got put, Luke on the line. Well, wait there, Luke. There will be two seconds. Uh, these are songs that uh, you have taken an irrational dislike to or might have a notable reason. Let's bring Luke on. Hey, Luke! Hi, Danny. Hello, Luke. I'm just going to read this, Luke, and, and join in if you like. And we can think about a song. You can, you can bring a song you have an irrational dislike for. This is uh, from our friend Mark. There are two songs I dislike. The first causes deep melancholy. The second provokes panic. Up, Up and Away by The Fifth Dimension was sung to me by my dear old gran when I was three or four. This always provoked uncontrollable floods of tears. Oh. I don't know why she chose this unusual lullaby, but she was an eccentric woman. At 83, for example, she once spent a day pretending to be French. She was always cagey... Uh, I was always cagey afterwards, uh, after listening to Up, Up and Away, and to, even today, I still like, don't like to be around balloons. <laughs> I think it's not so much the sudden de- detonation. I like firework night. I always imagine balloons sailing away forever, out of sight, lost, gone. I later grew up to be Nick Drake. That's what he's written. <laughs> Sorry, Luke, we're coming right to you. The second song is anything off Neil Young's Trans album. Now, I like Neil Young, and I can take any amount, even the god-awful Ark World, but I could never stomach trans, and neither could my pal Ross. When he played trans, a series of unfortunate events plagued his life that are too serious and tedious to go over here. The LP is evil. It's malignant. It is powerful. He subsequently, and I believed, the only way to rob this album of its evil hoodoo was to immediately touch a copy of Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde straight after hearing it. Granted, trans isn't played much nowadays, was it ever? But even a mention of its dread moniker is enough to let the juju free. If you read this out, you'll cause a scuttering in my special room where the vinyl is kept, much to the chagrin of the long-suffering missus. Thank you very much indeed, Mark. And, and there's plenty in that. Some LPs, some items can contain evil. Oh, yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you another time about that. Anyway, Luke has been good enough to sit there and uh, indulge that. Uh, the Doctor will see you now, Luke. What have you got for us, my friend? Uh, I've got things left in a will, Danny. A thing left in a will? Oh, yeah. very. I hope the signal remains strong at the moment. It's a little murky. You've had things... Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, you've had things left in a will. The only person I've yeah. ever met or heard of who's actually had this. Go on, my friend. Okay, so, so growing up, uh, my dad was a keen builder of wooden things. Mm. Uh, apart from swings, a treehouse, uh, converting a couple of vans into motorhomes, he also built a 29-foot steam launch and, from memory, a 12-foot sailing boat. He built a 12-foot so sailing that, boat? He did indeed, yes, he did indeed. Many, well, he, many hours spent avoid, avoiding his children. And, and he built this in the shed, I take it, because Buster Keaton and Laurel and Hardy both built theirs in the house and couldn't get it out. <laughs> uh, so he, this man is a craftsman, to say the least, yes? He is indeed. In fact, the, the only criteria for our childhood home was that he had a double-ended garage, which was long enough to build his 29-foot steam launch in. Uh. So uh, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. Uh-huh. Anyway, so um, the sailing boat was, was what he loved, because he loved to sail. Mm-hmm. So we spent many of our summer holidays, actually all of our summer holidays, um, sailing in Scotland on the locks. How beautiful. How beautiful. Yeah, indeed. It is. Absolutely. Just, before you, just, just before you continue. I get the feeling Luke would have quite liked to have gone to Benidorm, but OK. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I, no I, th- I think it's beautiful. There's a, uh, a, there's a book I'll recommend later that gives the lion the teeth there, perhaps. Uh, but one of my favourite moments of Monty Python isn't uh, one of the more well-known sketches before we continue, Luke. Uh, there's a sketch when uh, Graham Chapman's in bed with Carol Cleveland and he's got his pipe on and he's smoking. She goes, well, I'm going to bed now, darling. And he goes, yes, me too. And she turns out the light and the screen goes black. And then you hear soaring and hammering, Luke. And in the darkness, she goes, what are you doing? 
And Graham Chapman says, I'm building a boat. And she puts the light on and he's got this wood and a saw. And that's that's all I remember from it. And you come from that kind of stock. So, all right, there it is. You've got this idyllic, beautiful, beautiful uh, childhood. Go on. OK, so we'll fast forward many, many years. Mm-hmm. And my dear father passed away in his 80s after oh. a short illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's time for the will and the spoils to be distributed. Mm-hmm. Now, there wasn't a massive selection. I got one of his handmade model trains. Oh, those as well. beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, indeed. Um, and I have three brothers and two sisters. One mm. brother was a particularly keen sailor, so it was Matt that got the sailing boat. Oh, lovely. Uh-huh. All he had to do was go to and collect it, moored as it was, near Plotton, close to the bridge to Skye in Scotland. Uh-huh. Complete that task, pretty minor, and we could take it back home to sail with fond memories of childhood, and in his case, adult years sailing with my dad. Uh-huh. The only snag in this carefully formed plan was that my brother, Matt, at the time, was working a resident in Dubai. Oh, okay. I imagine, I imagine the, boat, the boat is still there today oh. because no-one went to collect it. No! Oh, that is so sad. No, you rotters! Oh, you'd let us... let a bunch of rotters! ...down a primrose path and the old man... I'm going to make you feel rotten. I mean, how... how <laughs> if anyone you, lives in Plockton, go and see if you can find you, a decrepit old... It's still there. Oh. I imagine so. I imagine so. No one has any cause to collect it or even knows it's there apart from us. And um, uh, but, but what might such a thing be worth? I don't know. I look on eBay, probably not very much. I <laughs> reckon. Hand built boat, hand built boat by by mad by mad doctor. I I'm bet, not sure it's I, worth I, that much. I, I bet if you went up there, Peps, it's turned into some kind of pop up bar these days. <laughs> yes. I bet, and I hope it. And I hope it's turning a tidy. Profit. I thought this would go somewhere where Luke could say to us, "It's priceless, Dan," but they don't give a fig. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can Luke killing himself? And I bet when the family get together to say, we're in that old boat, and it's still up there. I don't know, Davy Jones has got that now. Oh, well, bless, bless you, my friend. I, I did not I did not see that coming. I, I had all my sentimental music ready to go and everything. Thank you very much indeed, Luke. Uh, his bro- Luke? Is he still Luke? Just, is he gone? He's gone. Oh, he's gone. I was going to ask him, what happened to the toy train he gave you? Oh, down the skip. Put it in a skip. That is the least... Maybe there's a subject in the least sentimental person in the world because we just found him. Uh, oh. All right, uh, so uh, this is Odd Reasons to Dislike a Song. <laughs> this is Andy. I don't so much dislike Driving South by the Stone Roses as just find it difficult to listen to. I used to be rather fond of it, but a couple of years ago, I had to have a flexible cystoscopy. Cystoscopy, which basically involves inserting a camera where no camera should ever go. Mm. At a key moment, just before I got to see my own prostate on a TV screen, that song came on the radio. <laughs> I promise you, now if I ever hear it, I have something of a grim flashback. <laughs> That's the Stone Roses driving, <laughs> driving south as well. Oh. <laughs> I know, you wouldn't dream. If you had a script, you'd say, no, two on the nose. What you got there, Peps? Uh, this is from Gail in Colchester. How my favourite piece of clothing got ruined. Four years ago, we went camping in Kent with our new Scottish terrier, Puppy. Her first time camping and her feisty nature secured us a lovely, quiet spot on the campsite. We went out for the day to Margate. I think the children who love Only Fools and Horses thought it would be a jolly boy's outing. Mm -hmm. But Margate then wasn't quite as dog-friendly as we had hoped, so often we had to while away an hour outside a shop or gallery with the dog. As the afternoon turned chillier, I put on my lovely new navy cardigan, which had tiny little silver individual buttons that I had bought for a whole pound from a charity shop. I was thrilled 
thrilled with it. The seven-year-old wanted to go to the Shell Caverns. I didn't know there were Shell Caverns in Margate. I've been to Margate. Oh, absolutely. What are they? We only ever went to Benbon Brothers. Uh, shell Caverns. Shell Off- Caverns? Caverns full of shell? I guess so. What about, isn't that where the catacombs and all the... Uh, you can see the mummified... No, that's in Rome. Sorry, go on. Off we toddled, the two of us and the dog. I assumed it would be outside. It wasn't, but the lady owner was happy to let her in through the immaculate shop as long as I carried the dog to the caves. No problem, I thought. The only snag being is a dog won't go for a wee in a new place. I thought this would be OK. Uh-huh. As we wandered around the shell caves and into the meticulous shop and the daughter was... Uh, uh, the seven-year-old... didn't say daughter, sorry. Uh-huh. The seven-year-old had to buy something from the shop. I missed that the dog had decided that she was very much at home now and now was the time <laughs> for the biggest and longest wee <gasps> over a shiny, immaculate fort. There was no stopping her. Oh. With damage limitation, the only way forward to stop the flow towards beautiful baskets of toys and shells the only thing I had was my lovely new cardigan with the little silver buttons. Oh, no! I used it to dam the flow. No! I admitted to the lady and she gave me the necessary to clear up and a carrier bag for my prized cardigan. It went sodden in the next bin we passed. My husband still finds it funny to say, oh, that's nice. Wouldn't it go lovely with a navy cardigan with little buttons? That's rotten. This dog went 30 hours without a wee last week in Sussex on holiday. It's a game of chance. You you, you know, some Sometimes the uh, just as a tip for all our uh, emailers, when you've had one urination reference in a in, a, in, a, in an email, I, I find that the third and the fourth one starts to say we, we understand it. The fixation seems to be there, but beautifully told. Uh, before we finish, this is um, about sleep aid. Do you know the other week I said um, the A to Z of films? I, uh, I like yes. not my favourite films by any means, mm-hmm. but I just, I just hate the Z trying to get to sleep. Inspired by your own yes, A to Z of books you do. Yeah. Well, Tim Turner. Tim Turner. Uh, uh, Tim, <laughs> it for, I'm sure it, the bane of his life. It looks like it does look like Tina when you look down. <laughs> Tina Turner, of course, is the most famous Swiss in the world. You know she's Swiss these days. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's Swiss. She uh, she's a Swiss citizen. She's 81. She's yeah, 80. She's 81. Here's an Alpine horn. That's Tina Turner on the Alpine horn. That's an album you like, wouldn't it? <laughs> Tina yeah. Turner on the Alpine Horn. That's another one, isn't it? Oh, that's not that. There's Tina Turner. I hope we get an email about Tina Turner sometime in the next year. And I'll just play that behind it. And only people who listen now will understand why. <laughs> I can't wait. That, that's what I can't wait for. Dear Dan, I've got a story here about when me and my wife, me and my wife went to see Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we don't mention it. This now is the Tina Turner music. Okay, um, this is from uh, Tim, Tina Turner. <laughs> I do apologise, Tim. I've been pleased to learn in recent episodes I'm not the only one who uses the trick. Of <laughs> There's. I've got. I've. I've completely gone. I'm afraid, and that's. There's no coming back from this. I know. One, two, three, four. Climb up, go in, let's cozy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away. In the tree house, the fire's on. 
It's warm inside. We guarantee you'll be satisfied as we laugh the day away. In the tree. Take it away, Danny! Always do, Wisby. She really is Swiss, by the way. Look it up. She really is. She lives in Montreux or somewhere. And he was so uh, Tim, we'll start you with your email next time. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, and, you know, trying to be a good deed in a wicked world. I hope you're all all right out there. That's been Louise Pepper on the other side of the table. Phil Wilding uh, holding it all together with Josh on behalf of something else. But as always, chiefly yourselves. Now, you know what I'm going to do? No, I won't. I won't. I won't. Next time on The Treehouse, number one, world's least sentimental person. Number two, where were you during earth-shattering events? Number three, notable jobs your grandparents had. And number four, the biggest big head you've ever met. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.